Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Kete how are you all? Kete I'm good, thanks for asking. <laughs> I want to tell you a story. It's a story of lightning bolts, stars, feasting, remembrance, and the coming of a new year. So strap in to wrap this ugly past year up and move onwards because it's Matariki. Treasures from the Vault. The story of Matariki picks up from the early mythology Māori story that I have already told you in episode 11 in November of last year. In fact, in that episode, I do briefly mention Matariki. I'm not going to retell the whole mythology story again, um, so it might be better to go back to that if you haven't listened to episode 11 to get the full understanding of um, how the Māori mythology uh, says that the world came to be. But if you have already listened and you don't really want to go back there and listen again, then let me quickly jog your memory. You may remember that some of the children of the gods, Ranganui and Papatuanuku, were fighting for light and space to escape that tight embrace of their parents, and in doing so, caused a rift between them. Some of the children were terribly unhappy with this, but none more so than Tafiri Matia, god of weather. He was so mad that he tried to destroy his siblings in a rage of storms, but despite his best efforts, he was unable to. His last desperate act was to gouge out his own eyes and hurl them as lightning bolts into the heavens. And when they reached Ranganui, the Sky Father, they exploded into nine stars that keep Ranganui company. Matariki is this cluster of stars and is also known elsewhere as the Pleiades, 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 something like that. Uh, Matariki literally means the eyes of God, as in Mata Ariki, or little eyes, as in Mata Riki. Um, this cluster is not seen in the night sky all year round. Uh, for some of you, that'll be obvious, but we'll go into that in a minute. It rises midwinter, usually somewhere after the shortest day of the year. According to the Mara Mataka, or the Māori calendar, Mara Mataka, um, this year it will be celebrated on the 13th of July 2020. For many Māori, the rise of Matariki signals the start of a new year. So Matariki is often referred to as Māori New Year. Um, but it's not. It's Matariki. Get with the program. Um, so, okay, so what do we mean by stars rising? Because as we know, stars don't move around us. Instead, the Earth revolves and the stars stay still, or at least it looks like they stay pretty still because they're so far away. Anyway, but as we can't feel the Earth beneath us moving like that, what we see above us gives the impression of movement so that when we say the star rises, we mean in respect to the horizon. Does that make sense? Okay, 
I hope I explained that properly. Anyway, when the cluster is high in the sky right above us is when it is considered to have risen. In fact, in May and June, you can actually see it in the northwest skyline before sunrise. And in the summer months, it can be seen further away, but this time after sunset. I better just go back to the Maramataka for a moment. Yep, a Māori calendar. I kind of skipped over that. More specifically, it's a Māori lunar calendar. Many indigenous cultures around the world have their own versions of the Maramataka, which aligns with the phases of the moon rather than the common Gregorian calendar. The Maramataka Māori is made up of 12, 29.5 days, months, and a 354-day year. Uh, we're currently in the coldest period of the Maramataka, and some clever tupuna, um, or older wise person, um, named the months accordingly. Purapi, or June, means huddled close together, and Hongnonoi, July, is being inactive and crouching due to the cold. Just as more interesting facts about Maramataka, um, it also tells the best time for fishing and planting and also high and low energy days. So when people are feeling hoha or like frustrated with each other or lazy or tired or all of that kind of stuff, you'd say, and um, we quite often tell kids off for being hoha. You're being a little hoha right now. Um, it might be because... Um, of it being a low energy day. Cool, right? So anyway, after all of that sidetracking, um, back to the stars. Matariki's arrival is announced by the rise of Poangna. Um, and you can find this star by finding the three bright stars in a row called Orion's Belt and moving up from them. Um, astronomers also call this blue supergiant star Rigel or Regal, Rigel, R-I-G-E-L, and it's the brightest in this constellation. So shortly after Puangna is seen, the Matariki cluster comes into view. For a long time, the cluster was actually thought to be seven stars, but in recent years, they've actually found it to be nine, two of which are much harder to make out and like almost impossible with the naked eye and had been forgotten about for many years. Poor wee fitu. Uh, and Fetu means star. Uh, did you know that these stars can actually forecast for the year ahead? That's true. There is quite literally a lot hanging in the stars. <laughs> so what are some of the markers that you can use to forecast your year? Well, clean and bright stars are a great sign for a good year ahead. Really hazy kind of stars predict a cold and harsh winter. And if one of the stars are brighter than the other, that means you're likely to get better resources from what it represents. And the opposite is true as well. If the star is more dim or it's missing, basically you can say goodbye or hairera to the resources from that source. So where is it? How do you see your future? Tell me all about it, Jules. Okay, okay, okay. Calm down. I'm getting to it. So you draw a line northward from the three bright stars of Orion's belt and look for a sparkling cluster the same width as Orion's belt is long. And then you've got it. It's a fun exercise to do on a clear night. I know I felt really proud to have figured it out and paid my respects. 
some quick fire facts for you about Matariki. At 440 light years away, Matariki is actually one of the closest star clusters to Earth. There you go. Matariki was actually one of the star clusters used by early Māori settlers to navigate the Pacific Ocean on those first voyages to New Zealand that I talked about in my episode about Māori migration. Um, Third fact, there are about 500 stars technically in the Matariki star cluster, but only about six, sometimes seven, are easily visible to the naked eye. And a fourth fact, in English, Matariki is called the Pleiades, or the Seven Sisters, and the Hawaiian name is Makali, I'm sorry if I stuffed that up, I did try, or Eyes of Royalty. And Japan, here's a fact for you, it's Subaru, which means gathered together. And that is, I am today years old when I learned that Subaru, or Subaru, or however you want to say it, means gathered together and that's what people have been driving around in so you know I'm learning things too (laughs) so let's talk about Te Iwa or Matariki or the stars of Matariki who are they and what do they reign over and why am I saying who are they well I mean they all have names and um I want to give a quick shout out here to teachertalk.org.nz for creating some gorgeous resources designed to help teachers share mythology and language with kids and in this circumstance adults um, because uh, my sister and I are both education based and um, we have some resources that we have and um, this is one of them and it is beautiful there are some beautiful posters I'll post some Um, pictures of the resources so that if you're a teacher in New Zealand who's looking for a good resource then this is definitely one you would want to grab so yeah I am going to read you um, some teachery facts um, like I haven't already been reading you some teachery facts about um, the stars and um, later in the podcast if you're at all interested there'll be like a wee quiz on um, the different stars to see if you can play along Um, it's kind of fun Uh, you don't have to and the answers will be at the end of the podcast so there you go all right so Matariki Matariki is not only the name of the cluster as such but Matariki is actually the mother of the cluster of stars Um, she signifies a time for reflection a time to remember our whakapapa or our genealogy and to remember those who have passed on. It is a time for hope and gathering with the whanau. It is an important time to celebrate and show respect for our environment. So, Matariki. Then you have Tupuanuku. So Tupuanuku looks after everything that grows in the soil that can be harvested, like kai or food, or rongoa, which is medicine, or kākahu, which is like clothing materials and stuff. Um, Tupuanuku pays special attention to making sure that the soil has everything it needs to help plants grow big and strong for the coming year. So waita. So waita is associated with Tangaroa, the god of the sea, and all of the food sources within the sea. Waita is also an old word for salt, 
um, considered to be a twin with Waiti. Um, when we see these two stars shining brightly in the sky, we are encouraged to join in and support each other. And obviously now I'm going to talk about Waiti. Uh, Waiti is the star tied with the food that comes from fresh water. So Waita, salt water, Waiti, fresh water. Um, she is connected to everything that comes out of our lakes and our rivers, like eels and freshwater fish. Waiti sits above Waita in the star cluster because fresh water always flows down into salt water. There you go. Waipuna Arangi. Uh, Waipuna Arangi is connected to the rain. And this star nourishes the land and decides what your rain and weather will be like throughout the year. Tupua Arangi. Tupua Arangi is the star that connects with the food that grows above your head, like fruit and berries and birds, because technically most birds, at least because we know the kiwis are on the ground, but most birds um, have nests above our heads, so Tupua Arangi. Ururangi. So Ururangi is connected to the weather and attitude depends... Uh, and determines um, how windy it'll be. So Ururangi reminds us that a good attitude is always important. Um, Waipuna Arangi and Ururangi have a special relationship. They kind of balance each other out because rain and wind come from above the earth, so they are positioned above the other stars. Cool. Then you've got Pahutakawa. Um, Pahutakawa is actually one of the oldest stars. She's a constant reminder of loved ones that have passed on and guides the loved ones across the night sky for the year. And then you've got Hiwa Itirangi. So Hiwa Itirangi, or Hiwa, um, is the youngest star in the cluster. And it is believed that Hiwa grants our wishes and helps us to realize our aspirations for the coming year. When this star is bright, you are to plant your feet in the soil and say a karakia or a prayer to help make your wishes come true. So right back to wishing on a star, everyone. You'd be wishing on hiwa, hiwa itirangi. And that's our stars. I hope you enjoyed meeting them. Hopefully that was fun. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So we've covered the calendar and we've met our stars, but we really need to talk about what happens in celebration of Matareki. As with any cultural celebration of the new year, it celebrates the cycles of life and death. It's a time to remember those who have died in the last year, and it's also a time to celebrate the harvesting that we have done to be ready for the winter, a time for, you know, singing, dancing, and feasting. And they were popular celebrations until the 1940s. And I've talked a little before about the lack of support that we saw in, in Aotearoa back then that saw a slowdown in cultural understanding and therefore drew to a halt many of these types of celebrations. But in 2000, they were revived. And initially, only a few people took part. But over the next few years, thousands were honouring the celebrations with festivals across Aotearoa as they should have been. There are even petitions to make a special public holiday for it, which I would be absolutely in support of if I'm ever asked to 
what my opinion is but that's what my opinion is anyway so what do we do at these modern festivals well there are a lot of ways to celebrate but i'll tell you about some of the typical customs that you can find at most festivals because matariki is a good opportunity for maori to share their stories and their culture with the wider community with lots of the community wanting to engage with it um many events and activities are planned throughout the country to share and celebrate matariki I guess one of the first things you'd probably be thinking about is fireworks, right? You're probably thinking about it, yeah. With the reference towards New Year, I wouldn't blame you for making that connection. And then even throwing in the whole throwing lightning bolt eyes that exploded into stars kind of leads towards the whole explosive nature of fireworks, really. Um, and in Wellington, you'd be mostly right uh we're actually arguing over here to have zero fireworks on guy fawkes day which if you've listened to my episodes you've definitely heard my opinion about that before if not go visit that episode definitely not going to do that rant again um and move that big display to matariki permanently instead while i still am anti-private use fireworks i love the idea of a public display for matariki so i'm really hoping that that's a permanent thing and it would have been a thing this year but COVID-19 as it has a way of doing kind of put the hook on that uh, and sort of cancelled that for us so sadly not this year. Um, One of my favourite things to do for Matariki is the flying of kites. Um, According to ancient customs the flying of kites makes things flutter close to the stars and it's like a respect and acknowledgement of their rise and remembrance and um, thankfulness to the gods who have made it so that we can harvest what we have managed to harvest so um, and I think the kites are really beautiful and it's this really relaxing kind of spiritual connection thing that goes on in the festivals Um, it's one of my favorite things to do so I definitely would recommend you do that but with your own family there's heaps of ways to celebrate even just doing things at home you know so some things that you could do to get you started you could have a family feast make matariki a time when the whole family gets together to feast and give thanks because that's what matariki is about it may be a nice opportunity to actually explore some of that traditional maori food like hangi or rewina or maori bread um star-shaped sugar cookies and stuff go down well for a dessert just to you know play on the theme um you could do a new harvest so use matariki as a time to clear winter vegetables and prepare your vegetable garden if you have one for new planting or maybe it's just a time for family to do gardening together you know just have an attack of your outside area um because that's also kind of what matariki is about renewing things planting seeds for the new year so um and talking about planting another thing that you could do is tree planting if you contact your local department of conservation you could find out if there are any regeneration projects happening in your area organized to plant a tree on matariki better still get together with heaps of people and plant several trees that would be awesome um another thing you could do sleep under the stars it's pretty cold out there but you know maybe in under a tent um spend a night out there tell your own family stories talk about family memories create goals for the coming lunar year i mean it's 
you know, it's, it's a time for that. And in fact, New Year's resolutions. Most of us create New Year resolutions in January, right? By the time June rolls around or even July as we're in now, um, they're kind of long forgotten. So why not use Matariki as a time to renew your resolutions and, you know, have another look at them. Um, and attend a Matariki event. Things are available all over Aotearoa. Maybe not so much overseas, obviously, because it's not really a thing. But here in New Zealand, they're all over. Concerts and cultural performances, art exhibitions, art and craft workshops, sharing of myths and legends, astronomy workshops, hungies and feasts, dawn ceremonies, family days, tree planting, whakapapa genealogy workshops, um, cooking demonstrations, just Getting out and about in the culture and learning more about it is the best way to immerse yourself in a fun celebration and a recognition of the changing nature of our lives. COVID has put a stop to a few of the larger events that we usually would have had fireworks and made us go more digital in our events. But in Wellington, we've tried to combat that. We've got a really neat light display um, which is going on and um, Te Papa, our local museum, is putting on um, big old projection shows on the side of the building which is pretty cool. So um, as I saw written on the Wellington Events website, the festival may be smaller but the sense of kotahitanga or coming together, kotahitanga, is just as strong. So it's about coming together. It's about celebrating each other. It's about remembering what we've lost and who we've lost in the last year. So make those things important to you at this time. So there you go. That's my attempt to bring a little of what Matariki has to offer to you. I'm personally hoping now that Matariki has risen and I have um, seen Hiwa Itirangi and sent off my wishes. I hope Hiwa was listening and can help. And I hope the world for all of us will change for the brighter. As to me, the stars all looked pretty bright and pretty clear. Okay, it's quiz time. I hope you've been paying attention. For those of you that have been paying attention, it's time for you to come into your own. You got this. Okay, so... We're going to go through the stars. I'm going to give you some clues and I'm going to leave you a space to guess. You'll have to maybe write them down or something or just remember. Up to you. Uh, I know I wouldn't be able to remember, so I would need pen and paper. But I feel confident that you've got good brains and you're going to do this. Anyway, well, you'll probably just ignore this bit and skip it. Whatever. Either way. So, number one or tahi. I am the star that is connected with the food that comes from Tangaroa, the god of the sea. I am considered the twin of Waiti, and when you see us shining bright, we want you to support each other. Kowai Ahau, or who am I? Rua, or Tu. I am a star that is connected to the weather, and I will decide how windy it will be. I am here to remind you to have a good attitude. Because rain and wind come from above the earth, I am positioned above the other stars. Kowai Ahau. Toru, or three. I am the star that is connected with the food that comes from fresh water, like eels and freshwater fish. I am considered to be a twin star, 
and I sit above my twin in the cluster. Koai ahau, fa, or four. I am the star that is connected with the rain. I nourish the land. I will decide what the rain and weather will bring for the year ahead. Koai ahau, rima, or five. I am the youngest star in the cluster. I am the star that is connected with granting your wishes in the coming year. When I am shining bright, you may plant your feet in the ground and say a karakia. Kawai ahau, ono, or six. I am the biggest star of the cluster. I represent our connection to the environment, and I am connected to the health and well-being of people. Kawai ahau, fitu, or seven. I am the star that is connected with everything that grows in the soil that can be harvested. I make sure the soil has everything it needs to help plants grow big and strong for the year. Kawai ahau, waru, or eight. I am the star that is connected to those who have passed on. I guide them across the night sky. I am one of the oldest stars. Kawai ahau, and iwa, or nine. I am the star that is connected with the kai, the food, that grows above your head, like the fruit on the trees and the birds. Kawai ahau. And that's our stars test. Good luck. Answers are at the end of the episode. So, I was looking for a New Zealand music track that I thought might be appropriate to share for this episode, and it hit me. I haven't shared Shapeshifter with you yet. Shapeshifter sometimes referred to as New Zealand Shapeshifter. I don't know why. Maybe there's others? I don't know. Anyway, are a live drum and bass act. They are actually known for their live shows and a blend of really heavy soul with the drum and bass. They've actually made appearances at Glastonbury, The Big Chill, Big Day Out, Park Life, plus sold out performances across Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. So maybe you've even heard them. Um, In July 2016, Shapeshifter released a new single called Stars from the new album of the same name to rave reviews, and it ended up second on the top 40 albums for 2016. And in 2018, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern gifted Shapeshifter Stars vinyl to Prince Harry and Meghan (laughs) during their royal tour of the South Pacific. That's right, so good, it ended up as a present to royalty. So if you're listening on Anke, you'll hear a teaser clip of that song at the end of the episode. If you're not listening on that app, then you can go to my episode details on this podcast, click on the link to the Spotify playlist that I've made, which you'll find there, and you'll find Shapeshifters stars in there along with many other really good and some hilarious Aotearoa music tracks. As always, I'm keen to keep the spotlight on the amazing talent we've produced and continue to produce in many ways here in New Zealand. So personal thanks to my gems, Lucas, Charles, Scott, Glenn, James, Jason and Barry. I couldn't do this without your support. Um, your constant uh, messages to me and 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 reassurance that I'm doing okay um, is an absolute just blessing. Um, next week episode is 
probably an interview with um, someone I've met in the TTRPG circles because it's going to be a glitter episode. But the episode after that is back to Jules from NZ. And what's that about? Queenstown! Long promised and it is coming to your ears soon. So look forward to that. Um, if you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, please give the show a review on your fl- platform of choice because it really, really helps. Um, and lots more of the platforms are getting um, the ability to do reviews. So that's kind of awesome. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram, the Twitter. You can actually find me on various Discord groups. So go look there. Um, you can actually hear me on the actual play uh, D&D 5e podcast which is called Fate of Eisen. I have not talked about that in a while but if you are at all interested in hearing some Kiwi humor on a D&D podcast go check that out. We'd, we'd really um, love to have your listens but um, I would rather you know have you listening to anything of mine at all than, than nothing so thank you out there to all of the people listening to this right now. I really appreciate you spending your precious time um, with me because it really means a lot to me. All right, and there's one last thing to do before I get out of here um, in this really long episode about Matariki, but that is to give you your answers. If you played the game, you might want to know if you were right. So let's tell you. Tahi, or one was Waita. Rua, or two, was Ururangi. Toru, or three, was Waiti. Fa, or four, was Waipuna Arangi. Rima, or five, was Hiwa Iterangi. Six, or Ono, was Matariki. Fitu, or seven, was Tupuanuku. Waru, or eight was Pahutakawa, and Iwa, or nine, was Tupurangi. There you go. Hope you did well. Enohora, Kakiteano, Eroha Nui, and I'll see you next time. Bye.